Visit us online at www.thehype873.com. Hey, and you already know it's your girl, Tampa Mystic, right here. We live on the Hype 87.3. Amen. As always, we have the dopest talent, dopest artist checking in with us right here on the Hype 87.3, Industry's Most Wanted Podcast. And tonight, we got Baby T checking in. What's going on with you? What's going on? What's going on, world? How you been? How you been? Hey, man, listen, everything is good. I'm, I'm so excited to have you on tonight. You and I have been having some good conversations on, on the gram, so I'm excited to have you here. Thank you for tuning in with us. Oh, no problem. It's, it's, it's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me and welcoming me and, and everything else that goes on behind the scenes people don't know about. Man. So, uh, <laughs> much respect. Much respect Absolutely. Most definitely. Well, go ahead and give us that official introduction. Tell us a little bit about who Baby T is and where you checking in from. Man, hold on. It's been a while since I've done this. <clears throat> uh, it's your boy, Baby T. No. Um, um, born and raised in Flint, Michigan. Uh, currently reside in Chicago. Uh, I've lived all around the world, including Atlanta at one point in time for a couple years. Um, man, uh, that's me in a nutshell. Uh, just literally a workaholic audio engineer full-time by nature with tons of uh, broadcast companies that I physically cannot say due to other reasons. Uh, and yeah, that's who I am. Just baby C or some people know me as Maverick or some people know me as Mav, but most of the recording world knows, knows me as baby T. Well, love so. it. I love it. Thank you so much for, you know, breaking all that down. And it sounds like you've definitely been busy throughout your life. Um, you're born and raised in Flint, Michigan. You lived there until what age? Oh, wow. I think. I, I was off and on. We, we officially, we, my first time moving to Atlanta was at 16. And we stayed there about two years. And I came back. And then I left, I think, to Atlanta again. They came back. It was like off and on due to either work or family. Uh, eventually, I fully left when I was 26, I think. Yeah. I think when I was 25 or 26 and 39 now. So I, I, I go home. I go home drop in, see my mama, see the dog, check on the rest of the family, and I'll leave. <laughs> Understood. That's me when I go back home to Tampa. I pop in to see my dad for a couple of days and hit the road and come on back because, you know, like as an entrepreneur, like it's hard to take long periods of time off from work. We don't have vacation it, pay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. In the, yeah. In the, in the field of, uh, of broadcast and doing audio for basketball games and stuff, Ain't no, you barely get time off. So yeah. it's like, as uh, soon as one season ends, uh, another season begins. So. <laughs> you know, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing, though, being a, an entrepreneur or a business owner, being able to really kind of set your schedule and how you want to, you know, create your day every day. Like, that's a beautiful thing, not having to go and clock in and be on someone else's watch for eight hours a day. I agree. Because I, I think I like to say I've worked every single job except be a waiter, but I've worked <laughs> in restaurants. So I'm, I was a cook at one point. I was a dishwasher. I worked in glass factories. I worked in office spaces. I've done every. I've, I've been a janitor. I mean, you name it as a regular job, I've done it to be able to get where I want to be in my life, and I still have that same hunger and mindset to 
to keep going and push forward no matter what I put my hands on. So. I love that. I love that. You you definitely have some humble beginnings, you know, with the, the you know, as far as career wise, you know, so that's good that you've been able to level up and, you know, now you're doing your own thing. You said you're an audio engineer full time and we're definitely going to talk about that as well. So um, growing up in Flint, though, you know, what was that like for you? What was your childhood like in Flint? It was interesting. Um, I, I <laughs> Uh, I thought to myself I probably shouldn't sing. Uh, <laughs> definitely um, the, the crazy, uh, like uh, I, I give you a, a weird story. That this was this was not. I wouldn't say this was typical, but this was like something I saw as a kid. I would go over my grandmother's house, and she had this front porch. And we all, you know, as, as old heads, we we know. And I say that you know, going on forty, but we we remember the front porch, the indoor front porches with the net on the windows yeah. and everything you can see out <laughs> so I, I used to sit out there every time it rained because the rain was common it was it was comfortable it wasn't you know grandparents the house always hot uh so I would sit out there the crazy thing I saw was literally like I saw a pimp roll up on his woman she can't say other name and um and some things went down and then my grandmother came running out the door like she was a superhero and started yelling <laughs> and was crazy as he yes yelled some names her she yelled some back and he left the girl and just took off i have never seen anything like that in my life i still tell this story and that happened when i was uh 10 uh so that was the weirdest thing i think i've probably ever seen one of the weirdest things but growing up was just it was, to me, it was typical. Like, it was typical. Some things you see that was good. Some things you see that's bad. It's a lot different than than it was now where back then, my brother, we would go play football in the street or we would hang out or we would go walking all the time. My mom and my dad lived like eight blocks away from each other. We would just walk. Yeah. You know, like, there was no driving. You would just walk over to dad's house, walk back home. You walk to a Mickey D's. You, my brother used to ride his bike around the city all the time. Like, now... We don't even go back home. We don't even go on those same blocks. So it's it. Our childhood was it was cool. We definitely saw some stuff we probably shouldn't have seen. Uh, probably been a part of some stuff that we shouldn't have been a part of. But in, in but in comparison to I think what kids go through now is probably even worse because you got you know you don't have to leave the house where right. we had we got kicked out of the house. Like hey, it's noon on a Saturday. Uh, you should already be up. Uh, your room should be clean. The house should be clean. Now go outside. You know, so, uh, right. you know, now, you know, so now it's a little different where you don't have to go outside, but why would you, when you go outside, who, who knows who you go see or walk, walk into and, you know, That's the facts. world is a lot different than it was in the, uh, Clinton era. I agree. I absolutely agree because I'm I'm in my 40s as well. So, you know, you and I are, are somewhat, you know, like around the same time frame of, you know, growing up. And, you know, it's crazy because you're absolutely right. I remember my sister and I being able to go outside even to when it was starting to get dark and there was never no worries. You know what I'm saying? Like now yep. you got to watch your kids and put your head on a swivel, even as an adult going to the grocery store. Like you never know. Like there's so many weirdos out there. So Times have definitely changed for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know Flint was really popular like in the earlier years for like the automobile industry. I believe General Motors mm. was established there. Mm -hmm. Um is that mm -hmm. still something big in Flint is the automobile industry? Uh my knowledge it is. 
the whatever shops that's left. Yeah. Um, a lot of the shops closed down and then they rebuilt them um, years later. I believe there are still some shops. There are people who clearly work, I think, believe still work at General Motors and things. Um, I know uh, I have an aunt that still does, um, a cousin that still does. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's still there, but it's not like the thing where growing up it was turning 18, it was like, Hey, your dad trying to get you in General Motors. <laughs> right, exactly. Or you going to General Motors? Right, you know, I, right. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's that that anymore because you know we we've learned and grown to know that there's more to life than just General Motors and the normal nine to five. And I think going through a pandemic for the majority of the world uh, realize that. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I had watched a documentary not too long ago and they were talking about General Motors and Flint, how at one point they shut down like a huge plant out there and it like really devastated the city because so many people from the city lost their jobs. And I was like, man, and again, like you said, it's just a reminder of how important it is if we, if we are able to, to start our own career path, you know, like start our own yeah. business, you know, nobody can lay us off when we own our own business. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Unless, unless it, unless it gets super slow, then you just look at that as being laid off, but right. it's still not the same. <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, what I've learned about the music industry, and I'm sure you can relate to this as well is it definitely has its seasons, you know, like there are parts of the year where business definitely slows down, you know, like December, January be a little bit slower because, you know, people are recuperating from Christmas shopping and then tax yeah. season hit and things starts popping again. So that's why it's important. We have multiple hustles, you know, that way we got multiple streams of income going on. And we're going to talk about that as well. Now, when did music really become, you know, an interest for you, like on a personal level where you were actually creating music? When I was 12. You and you were 12. So you started at a young age. Why, why music at 12? Who influenced you? Um, so cool story. Uh, and I love selling it probably even more cool, uh, <laughs> is that, um, so like I, I, I was a, I was a fanatic for Michael Jackson. I was a fanatic for Prince. Yeah. Me just, too. Just all, all, yeah. All the classes, all the classes me, were around the house. Like everyone, I mean, every Saturday there was no sleeping in no matter what, like I said, it cleaning everything, but I was woken up by the tunes and the music of, of, of all the old school. Shout out mom. If you're listening. She texted me. Uh, <laughs> but um, that I was woken up to that stuff. So all the time I would listen to it. So one day I was in my room and I'm just listening to a Michael Jackson record. And I remember hearing a flaw. I literally heard the punch in, which I'll never forget. And I'm, it was on the Bad album. I can't tell you what song it was. I don't remember, but I know it was on that album. And I was tripping because I was like, I'm rewinding it like the CD skip, you know, taking it out as a song, and it kept doing it. Turned into another song, did it, turned into another song, and it did it. I called my family in there. They like, we don't know what you're talking about. You sound stupid. Leave us alone. Close the door. Turn up the music, whatever. Leave us alone. And but and then you turn around, it was like I was just addicted from that point because I knew I could hear something that nobody else could hear. Right. And I wanted to find out why I could hear that and after that it just turned into a whole nother thing I mean I remember when my brother my when my brother was getting married there was a conversation where everybody was talking about what they did when they were kids and you know everything else and mind you I was around my brother a lot when we were about 
15 to 17 ish, me and my brother, we had it for mom and never, I'll never say that again. Uh, and we, it was funny cause he was, I was like, where was I during all of these stories? He was like, oh no, you were in a house. Mm. I was like, what you mean I was in a house? He's like, oh no, you're in a house doing music. I was like, really? He was like, yeah, why are you looking crazy? I was like, because I don't remember that. He was like, you never came out the house after a point. Like you found what you wanted to do at a young age and you would do whatever you could to learn. And I, I do remember that. I would stay up all times of the night trying to download stuff on, on AOL dial-up. <laughs> Y'all don't know nothing about that, little kid. I know and, about that uh, for sure. <laughs> right. Like, like downloading something just for it not to work or it not to be what you needed. Then you have to wait another 30 minutes. <laughs> like, it was just, just, just for a small PDF. Like, it, it didn't matter. So Don't let no one call during I, that time either. They're going to knock you offline. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You got you got the parent that answered to pick up the phone. <laughs> oh, my bad. All right. Just hang up real quick before it shuts me off. You just but took I me back. Phone. Yeah. <laughs> just hang up. So, but that, literally, that was the first time I learned that something I, I can hear something that no I don't know why and I just dug into it I mean literally I'll tell you like this it got so bad that during that time no one like I wanted to learn but no one would teach me so I just kind of learned on my own through trial and error yeah the first ever recording setup I ever had <laughs> no lie, no lie at all and uh my cousin and I was telling Katie Perry this story and uh and KP started dying laughing is that literally I took a little microphone, like a computer microphone. It looked the size of a mouse, like a legit mouse. And it was like that super small. I taped it to the size of the speaker, plugged the headphones directly into the speaker and, and was able to play the music, I think back to Windows Media Player <laughs> and then was able to reroute it some way where it went back to Fruity Loops. Yeah, this is it, Fruity Loops beta, not FL Studio, Fruity Loops. <laughs> beta this is how old i am when i was beta testing it not knowing what beta meant right and so somehow i have no idea how and that's how we used to record a lot of those early records which i'm sure they're probably on cd right now at my mom's or dad somewhere <laughs> but that's dope though that you at such a young age were figuring it out you know what i'm saying like Right. You know, no shade to the younger generation now, but a lot of these youngins, they're not doing that. They're like, you know, just stuck on scrolling through social media. They're not figuring out how to connect a whole setup to record music at the age of 12. Like, that's dope. Yeah, I listen to thinking back. I'm like, how did you manage to do that? Like, I don't (laughs) there was it, it was another setup where a friend of mine came over and he was moving. And he had some studio gear. And I've never seen, of course, at this time, I've never seen a, was it a 16, maybe a 16, 24 channel analog desk, like super, super. It was for live sound. Somehow, he, he, he brought all this stuff to me. By the time he came back, I had it all configured to go through my computer. This is no sound cards. This is nothing. Somehow, I configured the console to run back through, I think, the microphone jack in the computer and treated that as a sound card. And so it was weird. I still remember those recordings. I still get text messages or emails sometimes from people who find them randomly. And it's just funny thinking back, like, how did you figure that out? Like, what caused you to sit up one night and go, I got to get this to work. So how, how do you figure it out to make it work? Because I didn't know how. And I've been that way ever since. 
I love that. That is really, really dope. Like you've been innovative with what you want to do since a, a youngin, and that's inspiring right there. And I hope some of the younger people hear this today because a lot of them need to get on board with that. Now I know you in Flint, uh, Flint's about what an hour North of Detroit. Yeah. Yep. Was Detroit, cause Detroit's a big music city. Was there any influence from, you know, being so close to Detroit? Believe it or not, no. Um, and it's not a diss to, to the city. It's not even a diss to Flint either because I didn't listen to much uh, Flint music either. It was just what I was, what went on in my home was the only thing that I knew was great music. So I never ventured out of it. By the time I ventured out into hip hop, it was late. But I went back. Like I didn't like venture off to whatever was going on in the 90s and, and things like that. I ventured back. Like I was listening to the run DMCs, like I was venturing all the way back. Like my first ever record that I still love to this day. And I finally got a chance to see uh, LL in concert mm. was Mama Said Knock You Out. Yeah. So like, that was like one, that was the record that introduced me to hip hop. And I have been like, it's just, just a, a, a fan ever since. I can't yeah. even get the word sometimes. Like it's just an absolute diehard fan, but it's weird. Like, but growing up, that was the music. Like, it was all the oldies. Yeah. Like, it was all oldies. That was what controlled my musical taste. And then when I found out that these samples were coming from these people, of course, I'm listening to hip-hop, and now I'm going backwards. So I never actually looked at Detroit. Like, I never did. And it was not a diss to Detroit. It was just what, what went, in my, went on in my home was it for me. And and just somehow I found hip-hop, like you said, and Merck, you know, start realizing the two go to go go together like they hand in gloves. Absolutely. No, I, I I'm definitely in agreement with you on that, because me being from Florida, you know, there's a lot of artists from Florida that I love. But honestly, like I loved West Coast music more like growing up, like I loved, you know, Snoop Dogg and N.W.A. And of course, you know, Long Live Easy E, who was a part of N.W.A. and Warren G. and Nate Dogg like that. I That was really what I loved. You know what I'm saying? And then, of course, some stuff, yep. you know, from up top from New York as well. You know, L.L. was, of course, one of the people's favorites. We all loved L.L., you know. So, yeah, that's that's dope, man. What about the audio engineering part? How long have you been professionally uh, audio engineering? Uh my first ever session was at 16. Mm. Uh, my actual paid first session was at 18. Um, I got my first major certification through the Recur Recorded Institute of Detroit when I was 19. Uh, then I graduated crash when I was conservatory recording arts when I was, it was late. It was late in my life when I did that. So I think I was, 26 when I did that or 20 I think 26 yeah when I did that so yeah uh so let's say let's let's count the the pain session let's say 18 since I was 18 and 19 so 20 years that's a long long time let's let's dive into that a little bit because obviously yeah, it has changed a lot over the last 20 ish years right like you know mm -hmm. you know it has changed a lot what would you say you know, as an audio engineer and, you know, for people who are listening in, there's many things. It's not just music. You know, you can work on yes. post-production for films. And like you said, you yes. do audio for the basketball games. You could do the audio for a church. There's so many things you can do. Yes. Um, what would you say has been like the, the best change that you've seen as far as, you know, being an audio engineer over these last 20 plus years? Um, 
the younger generation actually getting uh going to school. Yeah. Actually get education on it. Yes. Because with uh and I love the internet, I love social media, I love everything to do does you know, the being able to access everything, help everything on my um on my computer. Anything I operate right now can be accessed from my phone. Um at all times. The the problem the problem with that though is that you don't get you don't you don't get the face to face with a professional. Yes. You don't get the face to face with someone who actually has been in this industry or still works in this industry and has that knowledge and experience to pass it on to you. And until you can actually get some type of education somewhere, I don't care if it's a tutor, it, it's difficult. Like you won't it's yeah, the the internet is great, but you won't you won't get everything that you need from it because you can you can search the internet and find twenty five people to do it twenty five different ways. Right. Is all of it right? Maybe. But coming from from a professional that goes, Yeah, this is why we do it though, this way and they can break it down to you and you go, I get it and then you now have to mimic it back. Because his brain, you know, his brain's on before hands on. Yes. And, you know, that's the, the biggest thing to me is that finding the younger generation that wants to learn, eager to learn, excited, thrilled, uh, nervous, as they should be. Uh, but they're just, they're just ready to tackle it. To me, that's the best part of it. Uh, and I saw that firsthand. I went back to my old college and I did a speaking engagement Um a couple of weeks back, and that was the thing I loved the most was watching the. I, it was like light bulbs in, in 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 students' eyes. Like some people were coming directly out of high school. Some people had, you know, were in their twenties with a complete change of purpose. You know, it it was a light bulb in their eyes and the excitement. And I'm like, okay, that's what I love to see. That's what I love to see because in my field, and literally in broadcast. I hate to say it, it's a bunch of older older guys. Yeah. That's all us, a bunch of older guys. And I'm the youngest probably out of them, one of the youngest. Um, but it's a lot of older people. So when you add a younger generation that says, oh, no, I'm going to get here. You're not going to stop me. and going to do whatever I need to. I love that. No, absolutely. I, that. I agree. I agree. And I love the fact, though, you know, on, on the – on the positive side with, you know, the older people being involved is the fact that you can still be older and do it. Like it's not one of those type of careers where you're a basketball player and you might want to hang it up when you get about age 40, you know what I'm saying? Like right. it, you can do it literally until you check out, you know, like it's one of those career moves and career paths. And, you know, like what I see a lot of in Atlanta, I'm pretty sure it goes on in, you know, you said you're in Chicago now is a lot of internships. You know, a lot of these young aspiring yeah. engineers, they go intern at these big, you know, uh, well-known studios, which is great because they get that actual hands-on experience. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because so many studios being still shut down. Yeah. And then the studios that are up um, are, you know, thank God they're still up. <laughs> so, you know, being able to get into these studios. And I just found uh, one of them here in in Chicago, I had no no idea it existed, and um, I'm probably going to schedule something there just because. Probably listen to you know schedule a day, couple hours to listen to the whole album in a row. Yeah, you know, and, and just hang out. Um, you know, so it and it was literally a what was it a 48 channel SSL G series? Like it was 
it was crazy. It was like you don't see G series much anymore. So to see it in a space like that it was absolutely beautiful. So yeah, you know, internships matter. Getting an education matters. Just going out to learn and just do things matter. Um, and making a name for yourself matters. And most importantly, you can't expect everyone to just give you something because you did do all of those things. Yes, absolutely. You are absolutely right. And, you know, I, I love everything that you're talking about. As far as being an audio engineer, I have another question for you. Um, if you mm -hmm. have, if, if there's a music artist that has a great setup at the house, they really know how to record themselves. Are you open to people sending you sessions to mix and master without you actually recording absolutely. for them? Okay. I love that. Absolutely. I love absolutely. that. Absolutely. Always. Absolutely. It's just, I don't, I don't, I don't do it as much because of my schedule. I don't do it as much. But of course, absolutely. If somebody I, I'm listening to it, they tell me what they want, and we vibing. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because I'm seeing, like, you know, I sit down with, you know, probably I do thirty to forty interviews a month with a lot of music artists, and what I'm noticing more and more is a lot of them have their own setup at the house. Like, you know, they buy a good mic, and you know, they got their audio interface and pro tools and they know how to record themselves and they'll send it off to someone like you. So that's good that you're open to doing that. Cause honestly, more and more artists are, are doing that because you know, it saves them a little bit of money and they don't have to rush with the sessions. And I'm not encouraging not to go to a regular studio, obviously, but if that's something that they choose to do, then they could work with the engineer like you, where they could just send over the session and you can work your magic on it. Absolutely. And it's crazy because, I see people post photos of their home setup and and then they brag. I'm like, that's a great job. And then they post something how a person's recording. And before even listening, sometimes I go, hey, if you're ever having issues with this, try doing this. And then, they, then some people will listen and go, how did you know? And then others will go, I know what I'm doing. I'm straight. And then you go to a Facebook uh, group in audio somewhere. And that same person is like, Hey, my vocals sound real hollowed out. And I can still hear the room. How can I fix it? Well, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but yeah, like, I mean, I have a personal setup. I mean, I have literally in, in my apartment, I have a personal work is what I call a workstation. It's right in front of me. Uh, so it's, everything I need from VS the VSX headphones all the way down to monitors and Luna Pro Tools. It's whatever I need is there. So if I need to do a film, I can do a film. Like, so it's, you know, it's got a mic in there too. Just everything you need to me needs to be accessible. Even with me randomly recording uh, this new project, it, it was random. It was literally that super random. Yes. <laughs> I woke up in the middle of the night. I bought all the things, uh, the aggregator I go through was having a huge deal and I wanted to re-release a bunch of old music that got taken down or I took down for whatever reason. And I bought a bunch of stuff unknowingly, subconsciously, I guess I bought distribution and everything for new stuff, new singles, the whole nine yards. And sure enough, one night I woke up and woke up, couldn't sleep, rolled out of bed, started mumbling, sat down at the desk four songs in a night. And I was like, well, I guess we about to do this again. <laughs> 
Now that is dope. And I think that's what's really fire about music artists having their own setup is because they can literally, you wake up at three in the morning and you have this creative bug that hits you. You can walk over there to your studio setup and start recording. You ain't got to worry about calling and booking a session, you know. You can be, in my opinion, if I was a music artist, I would definitely want a home setup. I would probably still go to the studio sometime for the aesthetics of it and the, the visual. But having that home setup is going to allow you to be in your most creative space because you're not on a time clock of you know someone else's or you walk into a studio and the engineer's already been working for eight hours and he's burnt out and now he's about to start your you know what i'm saying there's so many scenarios that could factor in so yeah i'm I'm definitely a big fan so you've been actually recording as a music artist for how long uh as an artist myself yes i was 16 the first project i did i was 16 uh, me and mom went to Office Max. Uh, we printed the stuff. This was I didn't know nothing about jewel cases. I didn't know nothing. I literally we went out. We printed it. She was like, "Hey, you can print. I'm not gonna get this expensive paper, but you can print it out yourself." <laughs> we cut it all up, and I literally spent all night cutting it all up. I got to class, and I put them on my desk. And the teacher gave us our assignments, and he said, "And I'll never forget this crazy moment. I don't know if I've ever. I don't tell the story often." He said. All right, now go buy his music. Everybody formed and bought the album. Mm. Mind you, to this day, I'm sure my boy Justin, who me and Justin go way back since I was 16 years old, he still has some of my first ever demos. I'm sure he has that. If I don't even have that anymore. So, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, it was it was just then where I learned, oh, snap, like people actually like it of what I'm doing. But at the time, obviously, I'm going, I guess the hustle's in, in, in mentality going, hmm, I wonder, I just sold out of 50. I wonder what happens if I get 250. Yeah. And that's what happened. And they end up pushing like a thousand in like three days. Man. At the school. So before I even went to other schools and things. So, and obviously it was, you know, back then, make space for hot and, and one era, you know, all that. It just gets copied and copied and copied and copied and copied and copied. So I was totally fine with that. No, absolutely. Yeah, I I actually miss that form of distribution. You know, like, of course, you know, Spotify and Apple Music is cool because it gets your music out to the entire world. But you're barely making any money off of that. Like, you know, like you have to literally get millions of streams to see any real kind of payout. And it's like that hand to hand distribution, selling your CD for five dollars, ten dollars. I I don't know. I just think the artists, you know, could make more money actually selling physical copies. It's like a bittersweet. I, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Also, too, um, if people kind of take the Ryan Leslie approach, uh, the definitely and if the hustle approach, yes. press nip, is that you bet on yourself. Yes. You know, by betting on yourself, what we mean, people, is you can, you can say, F this, I'm going to charge whatever I want. And I'm going to, I know it's dope and I'm going to get buyers for it. Right. So why, so why, you know, because the, uh, oh, somebody told me it's better to have a hundred loyal fans than it is to have a hundred thousand non-loyal fans. Mm. Because a hundred fans, no matter what you do, no matter what merch you release, they're going to buy it. Yes. That Versus a is- hundred thousand people who may not, may or may not, you know, buy anything. They're just there to really watch 
watch what you're doing and most of them are hoping you fail just have something to talk about man that is facts absolutely like that that's the world in a nutshell right there like you know whether it be real life social media like most people are watching but they are not cheering for you they don't want you to win they don't want you to do better than them that's just the reality of it that's why people always talk about people ain't supporting who cares who cares because people got their own stuff going on so we just got to keep pushing through all that you know extra stuff yeah i agree So let's talk about this record. It's called Misunderstood. Um, I definitely want to get a chance to play this for all the listeners that are tuned in. Um, On the production side, I know you, you know, you recorded it. You wrote the record. uh, You mixed and mastered it. What about on the production side, the actual making the beat? Is that something that you tapped into with this record? I used used to. I used to I used to do that a lot in my earlier days. Um, I had a bunch of hard drives burn out and some got stolen many, many moons ago, and I kind of just fell out of the loop of producing. Like, I don't even own uh, gear to produce um, all of the keyboards and all of those things. I no longer own them. Um, so, the, in the first, and I kind of, the first time I ever decided to just, oh, what are these things called, you know, oh, people just put beats online and you can buy them? Okay. <laughs> uh, and then and, and it was like, Several years ago, I did. I was like, "Oh, that's a thing," and I contacted DJ Payne One, and I think everybody knows Payne One is, yeah. and built a relationship with him and bought some from him, and that was the first time where I felt the freedom mm. of not having to worry about a production. Like yeah. I knew exactly what I wanted to hear. I asked him, and he just sent me a bunch of stuff to pick from, and that and like you know, or he was like, "Hey, go to my site, get this, come tell me," blah, blah, you know. So it was like that it, it took the it took the stress out of it to me of trying to build it myself. Yes. And on this on this project it is it is a total of I think twelve different producers. They all they, every record sounds very, very sim it's not very similar, but you can't tell who produced what. So and misunderstood I think was by uh Follick, I believe that's who did that record if I'm correct, which I believe he is either on the East Coast or out of the country right now, one or the other. Well, that's dope because there's a lot of dope producers outside the country who want to tap in with hip-hop music artists from the United States. I, I, I Again, I sit down with so many artists every single month interviewing or having conversations with them, and a lot of them are getting their beats from overseas for sure. Yep, yep, file it. Yep, that's who did it. I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm looking at everything right now on the system. Yep, so that's who did it. So before we get into the record, you know, of course, I definitely appreciate you taking some time with us tonight on the show, and you know, diving into your career with engineering and being a music artist. You know, out there representing Flint, Michigan. Um, tell everybody where they can follow you at on your social media if they're interested in doing some business with you. Oh. Um, very simple. It, it's babyt.com and it's everywhere. It's branded everywhere. I-T-S-B-A-B-Y-T.com. Or if you don't want to go to the website, just put that in into every social media platform you got and it, trust me, it'll come up. You can put it in Google and it's going to come right up and it's just going to list everything. Just it's babyt.com. It's babyt everything. You can find me. It's not hard. I love it. I, I, love answer, it. I, I answer everything. I promise. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I know you have a lot of people that are loving on you, supporting you. They may or may not hear this tonight. They may hear it after the fact. Who do you want to show some love to and shout out to? 
Oh, uh, the normal people. And shout out to mom, pop. Uh, no, um, <laughs> seriously though. Uh, no, um, because this is so unique, and I'm not. I haven't. The purpose of doing this project wasn't for anyone except myself. But it ended up on myself and the people that I love the most who are around me all the time. So yeah. for those people, I want to say thank you, Kia. I want to say thank you, Lex. I want to say thank you, Huda. I want to say thank you, Mom. I want to, you know, I want to say Zeke. I want to say Mark. There's so many names, so many people, so many thank yous. Um, it's just so many people that personally inspire me every day because of who they are and what they do. Shout out to Justin. I can't forget about just um, that they just what they do every day is helps me continue to be a better person. So to those people, since many that I may have forgotten, there's not enough time in my memory is crap right now. Um, thank you. And I appreciate it. Man, that's love right there. Well, again, I appreciate you checking in. Shout out to everybody tuned in, checked in. It is your girl, Tampa Mystic, right here on the Hype 87.3. We got the big homie, Baby T, checking in. And we're about to premiere his record right now called Misunderstood. Go ahead and give us that official introduction. Wow. You know what it is. It's your boy, Baby T. New single after, oh, I don't know how many years. Um, Misunderstood, because that's me. Misunderstood coming at you right now. And guess what? Since we here, and uh, if I'm looking at the same thing, yeah, one month from now, new album drop, Prodigal Son, mm. in store, run it. I know that's right. Make sure y'all be on the lookout for that. One month from now, new album, Baby T. It is your girl, Tampa Mystic. Let's go. Come and see what all the hype is about. Tune in to The Hype 87.3. Understand me now If sometimes you see that I'm mad Don't you know no one alive can always be an angel When everything goes wrong you see some bad But I'm just a soul whose intentions are good Oh Lord, please don't let me be mad I'm respected by them real ones Hated and castrated out by them fake ones And I still stand tall like the great ones Who done went through the hell for a pay stub Cause 20 M's for a fight, that's a big one Until it turned bad, now you're a state son The prodigal ones, uh This lost and confused When your back's against the wall Tell me what do we do? Keep punching, keep moving Keep fighting, keep striving Keep shining, keep igniting The world's doubting, but setting fire above to all them hypocrites, can't remember your name I don't do this for the money, I do this for the game Despite all the hate that remains You can keep your Twitter fame I'd rather stand in the face of opposition Misunderstood is his name just a soul whose intentions Oh Lord Man. I'm only human. I'm just misunderstood. Uh. I'm only human. I'm just misunderstood. I'm only human. I'm so uh. misunderstood. I'm just 
just a young from the projects Surviving that jungle, yeah, that's the real flex Where the streets are brutal and the water is brown When the crabs in the barrel so long, they turn it pale In the eyes of a disciple, I misunderstood Cause I crawled out the barrel and made it out the hood My enemies love me, my friends love to hate me Nobody understands me like I need them to I misunderstood and that's fine with me I'm not looking for acceptance, I'm demanding respect I'm not trying to be famous, I'm just trying to be rich Coochie sweaters in the summer, I'm on my biggie Keep quiet, you're too loud in the streets 30,000 feet and I can hear you from a tweet You can keep your social fame I'd rather stand on this island alone Misunderstood is his name Just a soul Man. I'm only human. I'm just misunderstood. Uh. I'm only human. I'm just misunderstood. I'm only human. I'm so misunderstood. Make sure you guys stay tuned in, tapped in. We got the homie Paris New Era coming up next. Y'all stay tuned.